Well, good morning. Today we're going to begin a six-week sermon series from Psalm 23, and we're going to take our time as we study through this chapter. In a couple moments, I'm going to ask you to stand if you're able and and read this psalm slowly uh, with me. Uh, But as we read it, I want you to ask yourself the question, am I experiencing the type of life that David is describing in Psalm 23? And so please stand with me if you're able, here in the worship center, in the venue, at home if you'd like. We're going to read Psalm 23, a psalm of David. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You have anointed my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This is God's word. Please be seated. Well, Psalm 23 describes David's experience with God as his shepherd. In verse 1, David says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The NIV translates it, the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. In verse 4, David says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. And so David is describing a life without lack and a life without fear. And so the question arises, why could David say this? Why could he talk about having a life without lack and a life without fear? Well, it's not because David had an easy life. As a matter of fact, David experienced more trauma and more tragedy than pretty much anybody I know. Here's a brief catalog. Uh, I don't know how you spent your 20s or how you're spending your 20s, but David spent his 20s as a fugitive. For 10 years, he ran from King Saul, who sent out squads to try to kill him. Saul was jealous of David for his military success and his popularity among the people. David experienced the trauma of his sin with Bathsheba and all the fallout, the ripple effect of that sin. Uh, David experienced the death of an infant son. And David's kids in general were, were almost nothing but heartache. Uh, one, of his, one of his sons, Amnon, actually raped his half-sister, David's daughter, Tamar. One of David's other sons, Absalom, avenged his sister by having Amnon killed. While David was king, there was a coup and there was a civil war. And David's son, Absalom, was killed in battle. And so given that David had such a hard life, 
How is he able to say, I have this life without lack and this life without fear? Well, we're told in verse 1, aren't we? He wrote this, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And so David's contentment, his security, his peace were not the byproduct of his circumstances. They were the byproduct of the fact that the Lord, Yahweh, the creator of heaven and earth, the one that led the children of Israel through the sea on dry land, the fact that he was David's shepherd, that was his security, that was his, his peace. And so Psalm 23 describes a type of life that you and I can have if we let God shepherd us through this life, even the hard times in life. And so I've thought about many of you this week. I brought to mind many of you as individuals, <clears throat> some of you who are here in this room. Some of you have a very hard life. You just do. Uh, some of you are facing uh, heartache in relationships with your spouse or your significant other, with your kids, with your friends. Some of you have all of a sudden, these past several months, you've experienced incredible complexity and difficulty in your workplace or in your home life because of COVID. Some of you are wrestling with addictions and mental health challenges. And some of you are just disappointed with life. You wake up in the morning and you think, this is not the way I had things planned. This, this is really not life as I had envisioned it for myself. And so even though you may not have experienced as much tragedy and, and trauma as David did, your life is hard. Sometimes my life is hard in different ways. And so as we work our way through Psalm 23, we're going to have to wrestle with whether or not we really want God to shepherd us the way David describes in Psalm 23. And this is going to be a challenge for us because we're going to have to learn to view ourselves as sheep who are radically dependent upon another to take care of us. And this is a whole shift in mind because most of, of our lives and in many contexts we're kind of trained to think that I am intelligent enough and I am competent enough to handle anything that comes my way. But the vision of Psalm 23 is that of people who understand that that is not the case. The vision of Psalm 23 uh, describes this radical confidence in someone else to protect me, to lead me, to give me everything I need, to fight my battles for me, to follow me. With, with loving kindness and grace, everything I need. And so imagine being able to say from the heart, because the Lord is my shepherd, because the Lord, Yahweh, is shepherding me through this life, I lack nothing and I fear nothing. That's what we're going for in this sermon series. Now, why could, could David write Psalm 23 the way he did? Why, why did he intuitively understand uh, what a sheep needs or a lamb needs from a shepherd? Well, it's because David was a shepherd as a boy. He, he knew this life. Uh, in 1 Samuel 17, when David was trying to convince King Saul to let him go fight Goliath, he, appeared to, he appealed to his experience as a shepherd. 
I don't know how you typically think about a shepherd with his sheep. I think in the past I would think of a shepherd kind of sitting on a rock and the sheep kind of frolicking around. But this is what David thought of when he, he described his experience as a shepherd. We're in 1 Samuel 17. But David said to Saul, your servant was tending his father's sheep. And when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb from the flock, I went out after him and attacked him and rescued it from his mouth. And when he rose up against me, I seized him by his beard and I struck him and killed him. Okay, excuse me for laughing, but this is not what I think of when I think of a shepherd. He says, your servant has killed both the lion and the bear and this uncircumcised Philistine, Goliath, he will be like one of them since he has taunted the armies of the living God. Okay, and so... When David describes his life as a shepherd, he says, I'm not, like a, I wasn't, I'm not like a hireling who runs from danger. I run toward danger. When I find one of my lambs in the mouth of a lion, I attack him, I strike him, I kill him, I bring him back. And so if you were going to interview one of David's sheep, okay, just go with me here. If you were going to interview this sheep, you said, okay, what is your experience of David as your shepherd? And so the sheep might say something like, well, David may look like a boy, but he's fierce. He attacked this lion. I was in its mouth. I was in the jaws of death, literally in the jaws of death, and he rescued me. And so David, I would follow him anywhere. And when I hear David's voice, I'm all ears because I'm going to follow David anywhere he, he leads me, anywhere, anything he tells me to do. Because he will do for me something I can never do for myself. So you know where I'm going with this, right? When David described the Lord as his shepherd, he's, he would say the same things about Yahweh that his sheep would say about him. Psalm 23 describes David's experiential knowledge of the Lord as his shepherd. And so this wasn't just, just theory. Uh, David is describing his experiential knowledge of God, even though his life was full of tragedy and trauma. And so in the rest of the psalm, he describes this life without lack. And by the way, that's the title of a book on Psalm 23 by Dallas Willard. He describes this life without lack and this life without fear. He didn't lack anything he really needed because Yahweh was his shepherd. The Lord gave him rest. The Lord gave him nourishment. When he strayed down the wrong path, the Lord went after him. He sought the lost sheep. He restored him, and he put him on the right path. He put him on the path of righteousness. When David experienced danger, which he did many, many times, he wasn't fearful. Why? Because Yahweh was with him. And when he was surrounded by his enemies, the Lord gave him abundance. And so, uh, you might be thinking, I can almost hear some of you thinking, I'm so happy for David. That's just peachy that, that David could say that. But if you knew my life, if you knew what I go through, if you knew the things that keep me awake at night, if you knew the things that keep my stomach in knots, if you knew my past, if you knew the, the people and the, the obstacles, the people that are uh, uh, oppose me and the obstacles I face in different areas of my life, you would agree with me that Psalm 23 sounds nice, but it's pretty much a pipe dream for me. 
You know why I can hear you saying that? Because sometimes I say that. Sometimes I think that. For many years, I, I have thought that about myself. But in my moments of clarity, I see very clearly that everything I face is common to humanity. I experience the same types of temptations and trials that David did and that you do. And I think that if David, under the old covenant, if he could say, the Lord is my shepherd, therefore I have a life without lack and a life without fear, how much more can those of us who know God through faith in Jesus under the new covenant in his blood say the same thing? Why? Because everything that we're told about the new covenant is that you and I, if you believe in Jesus, you, we are people of privilege living in days of fulfillment. In the new covenant, I mean, we experience things that David and the prophet and even, prophets and even angels longed to peer into. God says of us, I will remove your sin as far as the east is from the west. I will put my spirit within you. I will write my word on your heart. It's not going to be this external thing. It will be written on your heart. I will be your God and you will be my people and everything that goes with that. So I think if David could say Psalm 23, how much more should we experience that? And so I, I want us to, I want to very briefly walk through this imagery of shepherd and sheep <clears throat> through the, the, the rest of the Old Testament and into the New Testament till we come to the place where we read that Jesus boldly declares, I am the good shepherd. It's a note to self, if you scream at the TV while K-State's playing on Saturday, you may not be able to preach on Sunday. So, <laughs> Okay, so we're going to talk about from going from David's experience to Jesus' declaration. You may remember that the original plan was not for Israel to have a human king. God was supposed to be their king. But eventually, when Samuel got old, the people demanded a king. God said, Samuel, they're not rejecting you. They're rejecting me from being king over them. And so reluctantly, God acquiesced, and he said, okay, I'm going to give you a king, but you need to understand there's going to be all these unintended consequences. If you have a human king, he's going to take your money. He's going to take your sons and daughters. He's going to take your servants. He's going to take your freedom away from you. That's what earthly kings do. But since you insist on a king, I'm going to charge your kings to shepherd you the way a good shepherd would, would watch out for his sheep. And so in 2 Samuel 5, we read this, David's charge, or the Lord's charge to David. <clears throat> and the Lord said to you, you, David, will shepherd my people Israel, and you will be a ruler over Israel. So all the elders of Israel came to the king, came to the king at Hebron. And King David made a covenant with them before the Lord at Hebron. Then they anointed David king over Israel. And so the, the idea here is that David wouldn't rule with an iron fist like the rest of the kings of the, of the nations did. But David would shepherd the people of Israel the way he had shepherded those sheep in his youth. And even though David had some monumental sins and failures and these glaring weaknesses, he was still a man after God's own heart. Consequently, David had a shepherd's heart. The Lord, who was his shepherd, he had a shepherd's heart toward the people. 
Very few of the kings who came after David had the heart of a shepherd. And so about 400 years after David lived, prophets of Jeremiah and Ezekiel, they had these long passages in their, in their writings where they, they described how the shepherd of Israel, shepherds of Israel didn't feed and water and protect the sheep. They didn't go after the lost sheep. As a matter of fact, they scattered the sheep. Because of their sins, the, the, the people of Israel were scattered to the nations, Babylon, Assyria, and uh, other places. And therefore, God says, I will do what you, shepherds of Israel, didn't do. And so in Ezekiel 34, we read this. For thus says the Lord God, behold, I myself will search for my sheep and seek them out. As a shepherd cares for his herd in the day when he is among his scattered sheep, so I will care for my sheep, and I will deliver them from all the places to which they were scattered on a cloudy and gloomy day. And so he's going to bring his, his people, the whole flock, back to the land where they will dwell securely. And he says, eventually, I'm going to give you another shepherd who will shepherd you the way I shepherd you, the way I desire. And so later in Ezekiel 34, we read this, then I will set over them one shepherd, my servant David. And that's a reference to a descendant of David. And he will feed them and he will feed them, he will feed them himself and be their shepherd. And I, the Lord, will be their God. And my servant David will be prince among them. I, the Lord, have spoken. And so there's this promise of a shepherd who had a, uh, of this king who had a shepherd's heart and he would shepherd the people the way God himself was described in Psalm 23. And of course, when we come to the New Testament, Jesus is identified right off the bat. He's the descendant of David who would reign on the throne of God forever. And at one point in his ministry, it's, in, it's recorded in Luke 15, at one point in his ministry, the scribes and the Pharisees, they were Jewish leaders, they were grumbling against Jesus because he was, get this, he was eating with tax collectors and sinners. He wasn't just preaching at them. He wasn't just denouncing them. It appeared as if Jesus was actually befriending them. And it appeared that way because he was. Okay, and so in response, Jesus told this, this parable. He said, imagine a man has a hundred sheep and one of them's lost. What's he going to do? Well, he leaves the 99. He goes after that one sheep. And when he brings, brings this, this one sheep, this one lamb back, he rejoices and he invites his friends and his neighbors to come and celebrate with him. Jesus says, that is why I eat with tax collectors and sinners, because they are that one lost sheep, and they know they're lost sheep. You Pharisees, you're lost sheep, but you would never admit that. But this is what good shepherds do. They go after lost sheep, and they bring them back to the fold. And by the way, there's more, more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than 99 who are already righteous. We come to John 10, and Jesus identifies himself this way. I am the good shepherd, and I know my own, and my own know me. Even as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, I lay down my life for the sheep. But we're going we're gonna to come back to John 10 numerous times in this, in this series. But these verses confirm that Jesus embodied everything that we find in Psalm 23. 
He embodied the, this heart of a shepherd that we see in God. And so there is a sense in which Psalm 23 and uh, John chapter 10 are like a fork in the road for every single one of us, like a fork in a road. When you understand what, what God is promising, what Jesus is promising, you have to decide what you're, how you're going to respond. And so either Jesus is the good shepherd who laid down his life for the sheep, who calls you by name, who feeds you, who waters you, who gives you rest, who fights your battles, or he's not. You're going to have to decide. Is he the good shepherd or is he not? Everybody has a shepherd, okay? You may be your own shepherd or you may be following some other shepherd, but everybody has a shepherd. The question is, is Jesus the good shepherd? What you believe about Jesus will determine the course of your life more than anything else that you, you believe, anything else you think about. And if he is the good shepherd, now the question is, are you going to experience him as such? We talked about this during our 21-day experience, but this experience of Jesus and this, this life of Jesus where we're fruitful, you know, where we have freedom, uh, it doesn't come by accident. It happens as we abide in him and let his words abide in us. And so I want us to think for just a few minutes about, about how we can abide in Psalm 23 and in this, this shepherding imagery, how we can actually abide in Christ and let his word about being the good shepherd abide in us. And so here's three simple suggestions I would have for you. First of all, memorize Psalm 23. We've got these cards out in the foyer. Some of you picked one up out in the foyer outside the worship center as well as outside of, of the venue. Uh, but Pick one of these up and keep it somewhere handy. You know, put it on your, your table at work, put it in your car, put it in your Bible, wherever you'll see it numerous times a day. And this is the New American Standard uh, Bible. But pick a translation that you want, but say it over and over numerous times a day and uh, eventually commit it to memory. You may want to do that with your household or with your life group or with your friend group. But memorize Psalm 23. And initially, you may just be able to say the words, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. But eventually, what we're going for is to be able to say from a deep place in our souls, because Yahweh is my shepherd. I really have a life without lack. I have a life without fear. And so memorize it. The second thing, uh, read and ponder these other key passages that develop the shepherd and the sheep imagery. We've got a list here. We have a list on the, the sermon outline on the website. This manuscript will be available beginning tomorrow morning. But spend some time in these passages and become convinced that God has been committed all through the centuries to being a good shepherd. Become convinced that he has this fierce, fierce love for you, this fierce protective instinct toward you as one of his own. And become convinced that we really are people of privilege who are living in days of fulfillment. So memorize, ponder these passages. And then third, as you go through your week, notice and pray. Notice and pray. And the thing I want you to notice is how you think your life lacks. And notice the things that you fear. Many times our identity is shaped around the things that we lack or think we lack, 
and the things that we fear. For many years, my identity was, was kind of, I was the kid whose dad didn't give him what he needed growing up. Other, other kids received from their dad, but, but me, not so much. I didn't get the time, I didn't get the teaching, I didn't get the affection. And so honestly, I'm embarrassed to say this, but for decades, I was the kid who didn't get what he needed from his dad. But what if the Lord as my shepherd really does fill in all the gaps? What if he really, he's given me mentors, he's given me brothers and sisters in Christ, he's given me his word, he's given me his spirit. What if I really can say, the Lord is my shepherd? I had lacks, but I lack nothing now. Some people are, are really, their identity is shaped around what they fear. What they fear politically. What they fear relationally. What they fear financially or vocationally. You, can, you know people like that. That's the main thing you think about when you, they're, they're afraid of. X, Y, or Z. What if you were able to say, because the Lord is my shepherd, I can walk through the deepest, darkest valley. I can be in the shadow of death. But actually, I, I fear no evil because my shepherd, Yahweh, is with me. It doesn't make the evil any less ill. It just means that instead of fearing that evil, I fear the Lord. I have faith in the Lord. And so notice this week, and this is going to be the hardest part of this. It's easy to listen to, well, sometimes it's easy to listen to a sermon, but it's harder to notice what's really true in your soul. What do you think you lack and what do you fear? And so notice and then pray. In light of what Jesus says, in light of Psalm 23, pray. And say, God, I just confess I've been acting like I'm a sheep without a shepherd when you've been there all along. God, I've ignored your voice. I've just, just trivialized your love and your protection, your instruction in my life. And so you might have tons of things to, to renounce and repent from. And then ask God, God, would you give me the faith, give me the will to, to believe that you are my good shepherd and you will lead me through this life no matter what I face. And so... Have a great week with Psalm 23. Heavenly Father, we ask that you would give us the will to, to understand this life you've given us. I pray, God, that, that for every person in here, that you would give us this, whatever we need, the discipline, the time, the energy to think uh, deeply about your scripture, think deeply about our own lives, and let you do in our lives whatever is needed. God, teach us to, to have this mindset of radical dependence on you. In so many ways, we, we think we're so smart, so competent. We really kind of need you occasionally, but we don't really need a shepherd. God, convince us otherwise. Do this for, for our good and for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.